Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. A 14. Hey. I'm... As a, as a triumphal return, I think that's okay. And I will that's say, funny. as I often do, the 20 is looking at me real hard. So <laughs> it's, it, it knows what it did. We're, 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 <laughs> we're giving eyes at each other, like a meeting in the, like a, a passing of ships, a yeah. meeting later, mm-hmm. perhaps. Wink, wink. Maybe in a couple episodes. Mm, who knows? Bedroom eyes from that 20. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's what the show is all about. It's a slow burn. Me and the 20 is a slow burn. That's that's the <laughs> subtitle of Romantic the Zone. Best reminds from the 20. <laughs> I can't wait until you have to share it. There you go to a hotel and there's only one bed. Oh. You and the 20. <laughs> this is getting mighty racy. Ah, uh, finally our show's true calling. Welcome back, everybody. And welcome back, B. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long month. Yeah, we weren't actually sure if you were ever coming back. Mm-hmm. I was lost in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You seemed a little dazed, a little confused when we found you. <laughs> a little dehydrated. No dice on my person. Right? You weren't sure if you had ever been on the show before, but yeah. luckily we had a magical apple that we just cut up and put some <laughs> peanut butter on, and then you were doing much better. And a little pepperoni, of course, for the protein. Of course. You got to get that protein in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, hey, by the way, if you didn't see on our Twitter, uh, we did listen to the The Adventure Zone Zone. We, of course, enjoyed it very much. Uh, but we didn't feel like a commentary on their commentary was necessary <laughs> for our show. So that is why we don't have an episode on it. Mm-hmm. We would have just released a commentary track that you could play <laughs> alongside the episode that was just yeah. going us, us like affirming what they were saying or being like, oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Didn't know that. <laughs> really? Oh, so that's why. Yeah. Clint. Oh, good work. Oh, my God. <laughs> So just you can also just take snippets of us from these shows and put it, sprinkle it around the the, mm. the Adventure Zone zone, and it will be the same experience. This is our our version of uh, Justin and Roman Mars's smart stuff. It's just us saying things <laughs> that can be edited into their show. Exactly. <laughs> God, I'd almost forgot about that. Hilarious. <laughs> and you know what? While we're at it, Bernie, is there anything you would like to add since you're a uh, time away? Oh, golly. You know, I was hoping to have all these great ideas of like, and this is what I wanted to add. And th- no, mm-hmm. nothing. I I have no memory <laughs> of the last twelve years. years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking. A little side note. A little parting of the uh, curtains. We were just talking about video games I had played in my twenties. I was like, I had a twenties. I don't remember that. Like, <laughs> gone. They're all gone. That's all also when you listen to these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have to have a podcast to remember something, to know I did exist in the past. The only way for you to stay anchored in time and not adrift. Gosh, Ooh. that was way deep, Anne. This is a plot to a movie. Wait, is this just Memento? I've never seen that film. It's Memento with a podcast. That would actually be fair. I mean, that is basically kind of the plot oh, of Memento. There you go. But this is all to say, no, not really. I don't think I do. Until I do, and then I'll scream about it in the middle of this podcast. All right, I can't wait. I also can't wait to um, go meet him with Jackal. Um, excuse me. Look who's prancing out from (sighs) Jackal's 
balcony where he always hangs out. Look who gets a theme song now. Oh, girls. (laughs) Like, I'm assuming this is happening in game. Like, it's not just for us. Like, Mm. the boys hear it, too. The boys can hear it. Yes. Yes. He has, like, a magical bard or something who follows him around and plays Yes. He has a mouse Mm. bard he keeps in his pocket. (laughs) And that is what's playing. That's the fantasy iPod in this universe. It's just a small mouse with a tiny loot. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. His name is Ipod. (laughs) TM, TM, TM. This is too good. (laughs) Don't take this. We will come after you. But yeah, this is a... I'm digging this theme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think it's nautical enough, and yet... uh, What's the word I want? Sinister? Sinister, ominous enough. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did music just play from somewhere? Oh, I didn't hear it. Was that on my computer? Where did that come from? What did you hear? Commodore in your room. And oh my God, turn around. Do you have have a small mouse with you? And it was in my I mean, maybe. I don't know. Where did it come from? There must be some open tab somewhere <laughs> that played music, but it was like the it was like the music that you would play in a 90s sitcom or something when they were cutting back to the classroom, like a Disney Channel show. Oh my god. It was really brief. It was like it it, it was a rising sound and then it went away. Like it faded out. <laughs> like, like we were cutting coming back from an ad break. What just happened? <laughs> it come from i made a humming noise was that it no this okay. was full on music that's like, hilarious like guitar like it went like we didn't hear that seriously like right in my head what's happening in your brain the one i am imagining is the one from saved by the bell uh it was similar it was a little bit more like kind of exciting than that um, well that's just not possible how dare you <laughs> where where is it the same by the bell cutaway is the epitome of the early 90s i mean it was the thrill of the lifetime for me i should not have anything open that should have done that there's <laughs> got to be some banner ad somewhere but it didn't there, it, there a was a mouse no, like... in your pocket and you just didn't know and <laughs> there... you have an entire max for mice under your desk <laughs> I thought for sure somebody else was going to be able to hear that. (laughs) Anyway. But anyway, so we have this kind of imposing, uh, a little sinister, I think, figure coming in Mm -hmm. and immediately addressing our sweet Argo and calling him Spray, which sounds terrible. Yeah. I know something about how Travis managed to say it. So that he it did. sounded like a bad word. Mm-hmm. He did. Like immediately, immediately you were like, oh, no, this is no good. This you is can't some say sort that. of Right, this is some situation. kind of slur, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you hadn't been able to pick it up from Travis's delivery, which I think was pretty obvious, like this guy's, mm-hmm. he's just dripping with oh. contempt. Like Ugh. he really is, uh, which right. is impressive because I, I don't think Travis really ever comes across that way. So yeah. acting. Mm-hmm. But, I like um, this voice work. But yeah, I mean, in Clint's response or Argo's uh, response and Clint's performance also made it clear, like, how incredibly uncomfortable this is. And I mean, you know, there was no way that he was going to be able to hide 
who he was from the Commodore, right? right? Like, I mean, even if he hadn't come up to him and said, hey, you look familiar, uh, you know, like, well, Argo's yeah. pulling at his collar. Like, everyone in the school knows who he is. It was going to come up. Right. And again, like we mentioned the last time, like, Argo has made a note to multiple people that, like, he wants to be the sidekick of the Commodore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I like that that comes up here, too. It is interesting how much Argo does tell him. Yes, I was surprised by that. I was like, wow, that's really ballsy being like, here's this person who I think fairly clearly at least looks down on him, even if if he doesn't like necessarily dislike him. It's unclear. Um, But but looks down on him at least and being like, oh, yeah, I'm only here because I wanted to be your henchman, your hench person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a running theme throughout this episode. I have it multiple times here in my notes. Uh, The amount of just tossing your cards onto the table that these boys do oh my <laughs> goodness the entire thing the yes. intense excessive honesty of this episode yeah. do we think the fur bog is rubbing off on argo oh. maybe yeah what if these boys are like i don't know if your bog's kind of got it why don't we just say what we know mm-hmm. i don't know he seems so happy and content <laughs> he's what if, doing great what if we didn't spin a web of lies every time we talk to someone what if well and i think it could even be if we wanted to look at it on this kind of level even and the fact we do that, like, we of course we do <laughs> even the fact that like argo and fitzroy have come a little clean to each other like they've mm-hmm. all had moments now where they're like i don't know that was easier i got to be honest with my friend and that was easier so that yeah. could be a part of it argo's yeah. tasted the sweet taste of honesty and <gasps> he never wants to let it go now <laughs> just like he never wants to let these boys go it's a new take for a rogue right just like <laughs> exactly. radical honesty just being like i don't want to fuss around with a bunch of subterfuge i'm just gonna be out here in the open with everything <laughs> with this crop top that says he had broken chain yeah. <laughs> Never forget that is what he's wearing. (laughs) (laughs) And before the Commodore leaves, Mm -hmm. what was the relationship he had with Shabri and her passing? Do we know how he was involved or what exactly it was? What he did that makes Argo so angry and distraught and disgusted with him. Well, the well, Commodore I... brings up that there was an ambush. Mm. And, and, and it's kind of like, well, nobody could have known. But what what we've Argo. heard from Argo is that right. the Commodore is the one who could have known and that he, whatever the situation was, which we don't really know the full details of, right. but he apparently gave up their position. Okay. So he knew about the ambush and set them up. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second and take mm-hmm. a step back and say, according to Argo, this guy set mm. her up. We don't actually have the details. We don't know who told That's Argo fair. this. We don't know why Argo thinks this. And frankly, I'm going to toss it out there. I don't know if the Commodore is a bad guy. Ooh. I'm just, mm. that's where my mind is right now. I don't know. He's sure coated as, as, like, exactly slimy as heck. Mm-hmm. Right? Travis is doing a very good job making us not like this guy. Like, a great job at making us not like this guy. But <laughs> I think that could be a bit of a red herring. Is he too good at it? Right? <laughs> don't trust anyone. Even Including... the people you're not supposed to trust. Maybe we should <laughs> Don't around. even trust not trusting people. Oh my gosh. Maybe don't trust anybody, especially not the DM. Just no, that's that's always true. <laughs> so just something that, you know, came to mind while I was listening to this one. I do see you've altered the murder board just slightly. To just put, a little. Yeah. 
a little I a put, little question mark. There's a tiny stamp of a question mark in the corner of his picture. <laughs> Surrounded by like mark arrows and knives and yeah. whatnot. Eight red flags around his picture and then one <laughs> tiny question mark. It's like, but maybe. Well, just to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate, we've mm-hmm. got Fitzroy who has grabbed the question mark <sighs> off of your murder board and is ready to smash the Commodore over the head with it. Girls, this is romance. It I love really this. Is. He's trying to defend his boy's honor. Like, yeah, ride or die. Mm-hmm, Come on. Yeah. Love this. Could just feel the waves of uncomfortable un- uncomfortability. Is that a word? Uncomfortable. Discomfort? Discomfort. Discomfort. Yes. That's it. I'm an English teacher. <laughs> True story. Absolute waves of discomfort coming off of our poor, sweet, sweet Ganassi. And yeah, just immediately wants to just wail on this dude. I like to picture it like... You know how they'll do this in movies where, like, okay, so the scene in the movie is, like, the Commodore leaves, Fitzroy does, ah, and, like, bashes him, and then it immediately cuts to the reality of him just calmly walking out of the room and nothing uh-huh. happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a laugh there and a little fake out for a moment. Exactly. <laughs> I did think maybe Fitz was actually going to do it, just for a hot second. I mean, it's Fitzroy. He could have done it. I My note is it would have been great if Fitz did actually attack the shit out of him. <laughs> So we all know where we stand on this podcast. And, and how fun would it be for Travis to be like, great, roll for initiative. Like, <laughs> you got the first one, but now. That would have to be a like, okay, then you all die. And now you luckily talk to a Moogle before this and you get another chance to let him just walk by <laughs> and not attack. A Moogle, a.k.a. a Gary. Oh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. The Moogles. The Gary's, the Gary's are, are safe spots. <laughs> we go by a Gary who's got one of those little, like, pom-poms sticking yeah. off of his head. <laughs> Anyway, he does not attack him. Um, but mm. we do the boys are like, uh, okay, so clearly what's the deal with the spray thing? And then this is where we learn that yes, it is just like a like crass kind of terminology. Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's like it's not necessarily a slur exactly, but it yeah. manages to insult your mother in a sexual fashion. Yeah. So which sounds it's definitely terrible. Bad. So like add three more red flags around the Commodore's picture. Cause like done again. And done. Tiny question mark. Mostly shitty, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what kind of thing is he? Do we know what his race is? They've never said. I was wondering that, too, because I mm-hmm. want to picture him as, like, I don't know. I feel like I've been picturing him as some cartoon character, but I can't think of who or what it is. For some reason, I see, and I can't recall their actual, a dragonborn. I don't know why. Mm. Huh, interesting. I do picture him being something, yes, kind of big and like with a lot of teeth. I picture mm-hmm. like a big mouth that like grins very creepily or can right. be snarly or whatever. Intimidating. Think, yeah. But impressive. Mm. I think I'm thinking of one of the characters from Treasure Planet. Now Me that too. I think about it. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> but I am not familiar enough with it to be like, oh, it's for sure this person. So yes, Anne, thank you. I haven't seen it in a while. Are you thinking of Flint? Uh, I don't know. Do I have to Google this right now so that we can resolve our treasure planet problem? Maybe. Let's look it up. Ahoy, it's me editing now. Okay, so we spent like a good five minutes Googling which characters we might have been thinking of. And we came to the consensus that it might have been a mix of Silver from Treasure Planet and Rourke from Atlantis the Lost Empire, if you like comboed those two. But as Brittany had mentioned, Flint is also a really good contender. And that is kind of why she was thinking Dragonborn. So anyway, I wanted to save you from having to listen to us figure this out. But still, of course, keep you in the loop. So there you go. 
So basically the entertaining thing is that we all have a really specific vision of what this character looks like, which is actually quite similar, except that when we try to describe it, it sounds completely different. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like the blind man describing an elephant situation. Like, this animal has a long trunk. No, this animal had, like... Yeah, or like when people describe rhinoceros and then you got unicorns. Mm. It's just like it. I think exactly I think like that the salient point here is that regardless, the Commodore looks like the villain from a '90s animated, underappreciated <laughs> that's, uh, film. That's Absolutely, the it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. But like this, th- maybe graduation is the '90s uh, animated film of podcasts. Oh, love it! So, Amnesty. If it was an animated film, I stand by it should be like an '80s Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Then this graduation. 90s this is kind of like film. very, very Iron Giant sort of vibe. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. But fantasy. But fantasy. I mean, what not is the Iron, Iron Giant, Giant which is a the... wonderful robot fantasy? Oh, I was going to say a documentary <laughs> of exactly what happened in one town. <laughs> You're right. But they have to backburn this murdering this man regardless, Mm. which is I mean, I think this is a a real proof of their friendship. Like, you know, you're good friends when they meet someone you hate and they're Mm. like, yeah, that guy's a dick. It was so (laughs) cute the way Fitz goes, we'll get him. We'll get him. I was like, Mm -hmm. you guys are just too cute. I love these boys. Precious. Well, and because these are his boys, he's like, okay, I'm about to go talk to Jackal. Let me just come out with it. Huh? More cards on the table. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there's this thing called the Unbroken Chain, and I'm going to try Argo! to get you guys in on it. You're so bad at this. <laughs> we don't know if they want to dissect you, Fitz. I don't think so. But, like, I can't say for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to imagine him handing them crop tops, too. Like, all right, guys, here's the thing. <laughs> He's like, I think this is going to be fine that I just told you all of this thing that I'm not supposed to tell you. But, like, I made you guys shirts just in case. <laughs> well, guys, uh. guys, the furbolg is so cute. And I- Justin's so funny. Like, <laughs> he's like, I won't let this out. Well, I'll hear them out first. Like, if, if it has to happen. Right? Maybe. It went from very sweet, like, oh, of course, what a prince, to being like, though, I mean, if they need to dissect you, we'll at least try to make it as easy he's as possible. Just- He's so neutral, and I do love that. That he's just love. like, you know, hmm, well, true neutral, our mm-hmm. super bulk. I choose to believe that he has discovered that his version of honesty is is like humor. That, that because it stresses <laughs> ah. everyone else out, that he thinks it's funny. <laughs> I love this, and I'm here for it. <laughs> so he's handed out the crop tops. He thinks these boys are going to be able to just like get folded in on to all the secrets that he knows. Mm-hmm. But this is where it's kind of tough because now he has to talk to Jackal about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you slyly try to get the boys in or do you share what you know? Because we don't know who's working with Gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I just kept thinking this entire time that they just keep tossing cards on the table. <laughs> Maybe hold some of that closer to your chest. I don't know. <laughs> At least one. At least, like, yeah, a secret. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it, it is an interesting tactic of, like, maybe if we're just incredibly open and honest about things, instead of doing this whole, like, well, do they know that we know that he knows that we know? Like, maybe not getting appeal. tangled up in that, that, you know? But, but it does seem dangerous, right? Because it implies trust, right? To yes. give people this information. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and if you're acting with implied trust, then that makes you easy to trap basically absolutely uh, into something you don't want to do right and that is the thing Argo does trust Jackal and because he does he comes clean about telling the boys and is hoping ultimately of course the point of this whole thing is to hopefully get 
the unbroken chain on their side. That's, I think, the challenge is, yes, we we don't know who's working with Grey. Yeah. But we do need to build an army. Right. We need to get some allies. And Argo does have that in and that connect. Yeah. I do not think he's going about it the right way of being like, hey, listen, LOL. Hi, guys. I'm a part of my secret society. You may have heard of us. (laughs) The Unbroken Chain. Not a great way of doing it. Like, eh. I just yeah. public public secrets are no longer secrets. <laughs> right. I, I do I do want to say that there is such a thing as public secret societies, which the unbroken chain is definitely not. But sure. Fair. That's that's what happens when everyone's in a fandom that you're not in. You know, like everybody's talking about K pop or something. Oh my god. Like, no. You and, know. I sort and of understand. So many but... crop tops involved in that too. There you go. I'm getting it. Okay. The Unbroken Chain is the K-pop fandom. Because I don't really know what they're up to, but I can see it. (laughs) So those are like secret, but only because you don't know. Not Mm -hmm. because they're like trying to keep it from you. Yeah. No, that's just my ignorance. But I mean, sometimes it's a little bit of both. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Only 90s kids know. (laughs) Only 90s kids remember the Unbroken Chain. So Argo's going to go talk to Jackal, but our other boys are going to get in on it too because <gasps> Griff coming through with some spells. Ooh, you love to see it. Somebody had a really fun time, I think, making the wild magic table since this this that he rolls is uh, that you, you, you uh, pink bubbles come out of your mouth when you talk. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I love that the wild magic can be something like now none of your clothes fit or something very innocuous like you just have cute pink bubbles that float out of your mouth when you talk it's totally literally wild you never know you never know but we've been we've been dunking on these boys for not keeping anything close to their vest but now we've got argo talking to jackal and he's actually pretty vague in terms of what he's saying um and and also that the the other boys have decided to sneak in and listen anyway which is a good idea like to secretly be in there so they can still be secretive you're right. They are keeping a little something mm-hmm. under their cap. Mm-hmm. They're keeping not chaos Argo, as an ace in the hole. Ooh, well, Argo yeah. still is, yeah, because because chaos is not because he right. pivots oh, away. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. He he doesn't lie, but he doesn't he doesn't mention chaos. See, and I was taking it kind of as a moment of trying to determine what Clint knows, what Argo knows, and then what Argo is trying to let Jackal know that he knows to get Jackal <laughs> to know. It got bonkers in my brain i like i think i had to pause and reset and pause and reset a few times be like okay am i following this correctly (laughs) Mm. sometimes you just got to take a step Mm -hmm. back and really see the web you get stuck in because it is like you just said Anne. he's keeping chaos the scene Mm -hmm. chaos is the wild card wild magic card (laughs) but he does let jackal know that his boys know which is not great which is slapping him across the face with the cards in your hand (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to continue this analogy. Well, and they also, I mean, in, in fairness, they also went and talked, um, the Fearbulk went and talked to Sabor. Of course he was going to tell the Unbroken Chain about that conversation. Right. So, like, the, some of this information was going to get out, whether they were the ones who told them or not. It seems to me that the big egregious act here is mainly the fact that Argo told the boys specifically yes. about mm-hmm. the Unbroken Chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's his sin. The one thing they told him not to do, pretty much. That was really the only thing they told him not to do. That was the rule, Argo. (laughs) had one rule. There was one rule. You broke it. Now, guess what? We got to have a tribunal. Ah, this is very Survivor now. Oh. 
Mm. I've never seen that show. Nor have I, but I've had it yelled (laughs) at me a a lot. (laughs) Fair. Well, they vote people off the island. I know that much. So Mm. it's kind of like that, I guess. I know there's a tribunal. Like, I know that that's what they call it at Mm -hmm. the end. Yeah, where they vote people or decide to keep people on. And that's what's happening here. That's true. We have to figure out if Fitz and the Firbolg are worthy of joining. Because doesn't Argo get a coin to invite one person, one very special person into the group? Yes. Did he ever get that coin? Yeah, I don't know if they gave him the coin yet. I think that was a late... I think you have to maybe be in for a while. Or do you just keep the coin <laughs> that you, you were prove. given? You're not going to run your mouth for yeah, at least a I month don't think... before you get a coin? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a first week thing. That seems more like a, you know, like a congratulations on 20 years gifts. Like you mm. get a watch and a coin. Right. You end up with a lot of bozos otherwise. Yeah. Me and all my frat brothers. It's like, oh, hey, can I get uh, five more coins? I have some uh, new friends I made at this party. <laughs> They're real chill. You guys are going to like them. I need Bongo Jongo to join us. So I need one more, please. Thank you. Smash cut to Argo waking up outside of the school. What? He doesn't remember that his shirt's just been crossed out, unbroken chain. <laughs> or it's been torn off, so now he's just wearing sleeves like people wore in the early 2000s. <laughs> just a collar and sleeves. <laughs> He's like, God, I must have partied real hard. Oh, oh shit. Argo, we love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, there are some serious consequences here because True. it's not just a question of they get voted off the island. It's a question of even Argo is going to have his memory erased. <laughs> Mm. could be kind of a problem like i don't can you like selectively just remove only the unbroken chain stuff it still seems like they're probably going to lose some things that were sort of important and then they completely lose this resource which is apparently now a thing that could happen that they will lose this resource completely it's a heavy gambit here yeah there's a lot at stake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like you said what do they forget how how far is this memory wipe going to go right i mean for what it's worth though that could have been way worse they like yeah, For being yeah. a top secret organization, they could have like killed you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess as long as magic is an option, they can erase their memories. You know, they thank don't goodness. Have to bother with with that, but that's the thing that hey. people don't know. Back in the day, they initially just killed everybody who told, <laughs> and then they were like, "Why don't we use magic?" And they're like, "What? Oh yeah, okay." Yeah, I've come up with this great brainwashing spell. <laughs> now we don't have to figure out where what to do with the bodies. We can stop making trips over to Goldcliff over there and just tossing them off the side. <laughs> no, now, now their biggest challenge is just scheduling when the tribunal is going to oh be. My right. <laughs> when is good for you? This is 100% them trying to schedule podcast recordings. Like, oh my def- gosh. I absolutely, because oh I was like, God. immediately like, oh, this is exactly what trying to schedule a recording is like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I have dinner then. I know, even this, we're recording a little early because I'm like, well, I'm going to be hungry for lunch and I'm going to want to watch Drag Race. So, like, can we meet a little earlier? Thank you so much. And I had to dip out of a breakfast with a friend oh. to do this recording. Oh, like, my Sorry, goodness. I have to record a podcast. She's like, LOL, that's okay. Bye. And I was like, okay. Well, hopefully you guys can meet up for a brunch or something. We're all getting fantasy pizza with fantasy pepperoni later. Yes. Pepperoni. The way Travis said that. that. <laughs> I'm so glad Griff had a little giggle at it because I did too. <laughs> Again, we love some pepperoni on this episode, on this episode, on this podcast. Travis had a couple little moments in this one where, he, like, just the funny little voice work he was doing was really cracking me up. Travis, <laughs> you did real good on this one. 
I thought he sounded like he was having fun, which is always yeah, a good thing yes. to hear. Because sometimes, and this is this is not a, anything against any DMs, but sometimes they sound really stressed out. And yeah. I can understand why, but it's always good when they're having fun. I mean, it's yes. ominous when they're having fun, but it is good. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, but I do appreciate that uh, Fitz and Fearbulg are like, we're going to watch the Jackal a little bit and just see if there's anything. Thank you. This, Mm -hmm. again, now we're playing D&D. Now we're hitting those choices. It's like, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. It's a good thing he wasn't going to the bathroom. I mean, that... (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if he had a little toilet out there? He'd be like, He just lets out a big fart. Like, God, I've been holding... (laughs) (laughs) I would have laughed for a day. But no, instead, he sings a little ditty. Something that sounds sad and pretty. Mm-hmm. Isn't there some uh, really sad backstory about the Kenku that they were originally that they could fly and that they were punished by the gods or something like yes. that? Yes. They could fly. Their wings were taken away and their voices, which is why yeah. now they have to mimic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that with his little kind of moment with the breeze. Yeah. I wondered something similar. So I think that's both. Because doesn't he get on the He stands the on the terrace? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's that, like, I wish I could fly, and then he's singing. Whose song is he singing? Because it's not in a language they know. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even, I'd, like, totally forgotten that they're only, like, mimicking, so I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. So that can be our poll. (laughs) What song is he singing? (laughs) What song? Toxic, always. (laughs) Britney's first choice, Eddie Poll, Toxic by Britney Spears. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's going to win every time. Could you imagine it? In a really lovely, the taste of your lips. <laughs> In a language unheard. Real sad. <laughs> Slow down. Oh my god, that's it. That's what he was thinking. Uh, so you know what I was also thinking? The boys don't follow him after he like leaves the balcony, leaves his room. And, you know, I was like, you know he's on his way to the teacher's lab where it, it would be wild. They definitely should have kept <laughs> following this guy. You have that's an hour. Gosh. Well, they they had to go take a narrative nap first, right? Uh, <laughs> it's true. That's fair. They have a um. I I can cut this, but I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. In Danganronpa, after he, all the stuff would happen, it would be like, okay, free time, and you're like, we just <laughs> got told we're all gonna die, and it's like, yeah, but go have a date with your friend, and you're like, fine. <laughs> so that's what this feels like at this moment. Like, okay, boys, mm-hmm. well, uh, get ready for uh to possibly have so, your memories wiped, but you know, why right. don't you go hang out a little bit before? <laughs> we'll kidnap you later, but until then, enjoy. <laughs> kidnap you later is the sign-off. All right, L-Y-L-A-S, kidnap you later. <laughs> and they do, they go on a friend date. Well, one of them does. First, <laughs> first Fearbug's going to go to the library. What did he think was going to happen? I, did he think that Sabor was just going to hand him, like, the Reader's Digest book on the Unbroken Chain? The faces <laughs> of the Unbroken right Chain there. through the years. I mean, one could hope. You never know. You, you don't know if you don't ask. <laughs> if you don't ASK, you don't G-E-T. Just ask a librarian. They do tend to know the most. But no, no, no. Sabor is giving him nothing. We as, well, we as the audience, and of course... We all know that Sabor knows more than he's saying, but he's a—he's not new here at the Unbroken Chain, so he's not giving up anything. <laughs> he's earned at least three coins by at now. At least. He, and they have all, well, except for that one unfortunate one. The other two, though, have kept their mouths shut. The other one got killed. Also, the sign of, of see you at the tribunal. <laughs> 
I had to pause. It was, again, Travis cracking me up this episode. <laughs> Being like, I won't tell you. I won't tell you. See the track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. God, so funny. I didn't even write any of that down. I just had them go to write to Rainier's. I oh. forgot that Sabor happened in the middle. The Sabor moment was so brief but it was so rich in comedy mm. i'll have to re-listen to that i did listen at 1.5 because i realized last night at nine i was like i haven't taken notes yet <laughs> like oh, ah. that was you cramming for the test which was what our fear bulk was trying to do by going to the library it's he's true. not the most confident about what they're gonna ask him at the tribunal so he's like maybe if i could study a little bit which is adorable <laughs> but unfortunately it's not gonna work that way <laughs> So well, maybe we'll have better luck with Rainier. Let's go on a front date. Let's go meet her by the the capital T. Tri- b- wait, by the Cap- capital B, capital T, big tree. See, in my first high school it was the smoking tree where all the oh. kids gathered to smoke. <laughs> Grody, yeah, yeah, for sure. We did not have a large tree, so I missed out on the large tree experience. Well, it sounds like people were just smoking at Brady's high school, which was also <laughs> one of my high schools. So you didn't miss out on much. No. I didn't miss out on any skeleton frisbee or whatever. Well, no, they should, they said fetch, but I think my brain autofilled it as frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was imagining fetch with another bone, but frisbee would make more oh my sense gosh. if it's like you're not just like like a Jack Skellington style. I'll just break off part of my hand right. or whatever he used to like play with. Here's mm-hmm. my zero. rib. Go get it. Oh yeah, his rib. That's what he mm-hmm. uses. How charming. <laughs> but before we can talk to Rainier, most importantly. Above everything else, more important than the tribunal, more important than whatever we're about to discuss here. (laughs) What? Merchandise for pets. (laughs) Come on. This is what we're all about on this show. I can't wait for, like, the cat fancier version of pet cloaks. (laughs) I assume the side hustle, the boy cloaks. Yes, definitely. It's the next in this media empire of magazines. Love it. I can't wait. Snippers is the first cover, obviously. Of course. Obviously. I want it to be like O Magazine and Snippers to be all the covers. Mm. <laughs> always Snippers. It's always a new snippers. cloak. He might be hanging out with other pets wearing cloaks, but for Snippers sure. is for sure our star. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I love this idea. Um, also, I was loving the back and forth between Fitzroy and Snippers. The little, like, crab gasp we get yes. from him. Every yes. Yes. Daddy's making crab cloaks. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, precious. Travis, you're killing me this time. How it's dare so the Fearbulg try to shoot this down? It is never too soon for merch. <laughs> it is the most important thing we've discussed today, but I guess he is here to keep us on task at least. <sighs> so let's bring Rainier in on everything. Spin those propellers. Lay down all the cards. Also, P.S., you proposed to me in this like weird wild dream that I had. Um, yeah, why did Fitz bring up this like dream date scenario with <laughs> this uh, conversation? He doesn't even know why he brought it up. <laughs> he immediately, we've all done this, where as soon as you say it, you're like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anytime I'm like halfway through the story, I'm like, why am I telling you this why story? Why am I still talking? Yeah. There's normally a reason. I don't always remember it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. It was very awkward. It really was. And poor Rainier, who obviously has a crush on him. I mean, half the school does. Mm-hmm. She's thrown completely off. Especially when then he follows it up with, oh, P.S., I want to meet your dad. <laughs> Which is like just <laughs> delight of uh, anyone who's a crush. Dad, you're going to meet my parents? Oh, my God. Her dad, who is the undying lord, 
and girl and has an army of the undead yeah i <sighs> hope rainier is not the mole i want to yeah. meet that dad oh yeah right good good call rainier <laughs> rainier you have to tell Rainier. me the truth. We've established this. That's all it takes. What kind of housewarming <laughs> gift do you bring if you're going uh, to meet someone's parents, but, like, it's the undying lord? Like, what do you even bring? That could also be our poll. Um, I want to know what kind of lich he is. Because can he ingest... Is it going to be like that, uh, that skeleton... From the last unicorn, where he wants to drink the wine. I was my Even first thought was can't. wine. I'm bringing wine, and I want yes. to believe it's because somewhere in my child subconscious, she's like, "Give him wine. He wants it." <laughs> so maybe. I think that's it. Also, it's just it's a real good hostess classic. Gift. That's true. Host or hostess. Yes. You can't go wrong with it, I guess. I mean, unless they don't like wine. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, most of the time. They can always re-gift, right? That's true. Certainly. But you got to make sure it's a nice bottle. Kids, listen. Do not go for the two-buck chuck. You got to go for the higher end. Welcome to Schmanners. You get one of those, like, sweaters that you... Wait, no. Tiny cloak for the wine bottle. There we go. (gasps) Wine cloaks. Mm. That's the wine selection magazine spinoff of boy cloaks of pet cloaks (laughs) 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 we're talking about all of our selections this month this one came from a vineyard in the deadlands um i don't know where liches live but uh so you know it's a good one it's got a robust flavor with just a smack of of despair y'all i want some wine it's 10 30 in the morning It's not L- great. You know what? Freak your dreams. I'm not. Live your it's best quarantine, quarantine life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we have the wine figured out. Rainier's going to call her dad. And uh, hopefully we remember this discussion the next time we meet. Okay? Yep. Fitz manages to exit this conversation with all of the grace with which he entered it. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Our poor girl has no idea what's going on. Besides, <laughs> I'm going on a date. With the guy and he's going to meet my dad, maybe? (laughs) Are we dating? LOL. Wine. Hi. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, here comes issue two's companion pet cloaks wearer. (laughs) Oh, someone please send me a cloak for this cat. You're talking to two seamstresses. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dinner. Let's uh, have some sashimi, some nacho berries. Let her reclip said. Nacho cheese blasted berries. (laughs) I can't. I can't. The, I'm, I'm done. I'm signing off. This is my last episode. That was the perfect intersection of Justin and the Fearbulg. Like, if they had if they had a brainstorming <laughs> session for oh, a food item, that's what would come out. <laughs> that's the result. So I was also wondering, I'm like, did they have dinner and then go back to their rooms? Or did they take dinner in their rooms as one last, like, cheers to us, boys. Hopefully I remember <laughs> you tomorrow morning. I like that. Nobody cool eats in the cafeteria. Come on. Oh, I mean, and throw cafeteria shade. I know. Right. I, I never ate in the cafeteria. <laughs> Girl. We never see her there. <laughs> you know what? I guess that's fair, though. I just kept assuming it was a Hogwarts-like situation where you just took all of your meals in the Great Hall. But mm-hmm. maybe it is yeah. like breakfast is served, but like lunch and dinner, are you're on your own. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's kind of like a college situation, right? Where, like, Mm. you can eat in the cafeteria, but there's also a takeout option or, like, a quick service option so that you you can, you know. You can just grab it and take it back to your dorm. Yeah. 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 You got to cram for this quiz on uh, the unbroken chain. So you just got to, you know, get back (laughs) up to it. That's fair. That makes sense. Well, just as they're, I'm sure, telling some hilarious joke, Fitzroy's just said something hysterical. And then suddenly both (laughs) of his friends mid-laugh drop... 
onto the table. He feels like he's just the most fatigued. I have to be honest. When Travis asked for a constitution save, I absolutely thought it was for the nacho cheese berries. <laughs> That's where my mind went to. I'm like, God, these berries. I thought he was going to be like, you're going to say this kind of nonsense. I'm going <laughs> to, there will be consequences. <laughs> I'm going to punish you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even kind of benevolent DMs can hit him where it hurts. I mean, you know, if you're going to fly off the cuff, everybody, you just got to be on your toes. Yes, and. (laughs) Okay, you did eat those berries, and you might Mm -hmm. have to run to the bathroom. Roll for it. Amazing. But no, no immediate bathroom trips. Instead, you're just going to pass out, and six hooded figures enter the room. Ominous. Very ominous. It could be a, like, sleep paralysis situation. And I did wonder initially, before they explained it, I was like, do they just walk here looking like that? Because that's going to draw some attention. Well, and then they have to walk back carrying unconscious students. How are they going to explain that away? (laughs) You run into them in the hallway. And in my head, this is still happening in the light of day. Because I guess in Alaska, it, it we're still in the daylight time, so it doesn't get dark until like ten or so at night. So yes, it's dinner time, <laughs> but also how late is that? It, what what time is dinner? That's true. We do not know what part of the world of Foon is that where they no wait <laughs> no, Foon's the that's other one. Nua. <laughs> Nua. Nua. Nua, thank you. <laughs> we don't know where in Pula. Wait, Nua. <laughs> Nua. <laughs> No, I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs> we don't know where it's located. We don't know what time it gets dark. We don't know if what season it is. Because, um, I mean, if it's the middle of the year, it could be winter. But we don't know if that's how they do school right. there. I don't know. I I assume this this probably happens all the time. Oh, They're just the like hooded figures carrying unconscious students. Yeah, hooded figures carrying unconscious students. It's usually pranks. Like you do. I guess they could just say it's like a hazing or something and people will be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. It's an art project. He, he alludes that they have some sort of invisibility cloak spell on all of them so nobody will see this right 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 (laughs) but i love where you girls went with it i think that that is an even better explanation (laughs) you see a group of six (laughs) (laughs) carrying three of your unconscious friends and just go well those boys that's the drama department what they get into now (laughs) they're gonna go have to play some sort of game it's gonna be fun so i assume there's one cradling Argo. Oh, because he is small. Because he is small. There's three like lugging the fur bog. Mm. And two need and then, fits. And then two need fits. He I is, love this. He's five or six foot four now. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. that, is that the agreement? He's yes. a big one. He's a big boy. You'll love to see it. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that visual for how they're being carried. Because of course I just plain just went with like, okay, two per, grab him by the arms, <laughs> grab him by the legs, let's go. But I think that this makes way more sense. This is an impractical choice since we do know that Higglemas had magic that could make the fear bulb just kind of get up and walk to his office. Like they could have done that. Oh. They didn't have to carry them. <laughs> This I mean, shows... but do they have that magic? Yeah, Maybe they chose okay, the mind yeah. uh, erasing magic over the body controlling magic. Mm. You got to make your choices. <laughs> that explains it. Listen, we're explaining all of this. Even if you don't have invisibility powers, even if you don't have mind control powers. You could still knock someone out and just carry him. Just take the, yeah, just whap him on the back of the head. <laughs> just go. And they are taking them where else but... Down to the forge. Through their magical 
spooky secret door shimmery yeah. light thing. Yeah, I'm glad Fitz was conscious for all of this. So, mm-hmm. and I like that he played dead. I think that was very smart, babe. Yes, yeah. keep that card tucked in your crop top. Don't let them <laughs> know you're awake just yet. You never know when it might benefit you, right? Because Argo knows, yes, that Argo that's has like been the secret here. entrance, yeah. but he doesn't know exactly how. True. But so now Fitz does. Now, right. Now we have somebody who's aware of how they get into this place in case we need it later because you never know. Mm-hmm. And they get sat in their chairs. Marie, the elf medic who we saw in a previous episode when they were all playing outside with Crash. Mm-hmm. She's here. She wakes them all up. Turns out Mosh is usually the seniorest member. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure who I, I thought would have been, but I didn't think it was I didn't think it was Mosh. Yeah. But uh this time it turns out he's not he's not the seniorist who's here. Yeah. Not now. Girls. Not with these visiting lecturers. Did all of your tummies drop like as soon? It did. Yeah, when when the good. music started playing Girl. and I was like, I know the only person who has a theme song in this house. So good. <laughs> that was some great, great editing work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is great and cool and fine. It's totally fine. It's it's, it's totally be, great it's that fine. the Commodore is the one who's going to run their tribunal and Maybe. is pretty obviously working for Gray. I would say. I mean, at this point. I do. I, I do. I'm look. I would say I'm looking back at our murder board, and we do have a tiny There's little question mark. <laughs> There's a little question mark. Just little googly smallest. eyes are googling on that question mark. Like, are you sure? <laughs> It's a great visual. <laughs> oh. So, listen. The good news here is, I've been replaying the Ace Attorney games every weekend on Twitch. Uh, that's at Miss underscore Autobot underscore City, in case anybody would like to come hang out. And, you know, I've handed Manfred Von Karma his ass very recently. And I think I think we're okay here. I think we got oh, this. shoot. Is that what the Commodore looks like? Oh, girl. Throwing some Manfred? Okay. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's not a dragonborn, but... Uh, he is an old dick, so... It is you know. ominous and an old <laughs> dick, for sure. We're going to do great. But also along those lines, like we were just saying, there's a possibility that the Commodore isn't in with Grey. Hmm. But if he is, does that mean the whole unbroken chain is connected to Grey? Hmm. And they might not even know it. Uh, right? So many questions. So many pieces of yarn shooting out all around this board this murder board has now spilled onto three different walls and it looks like a crafting project with the amount of yarn (laughs) up here that is for sure there is a sweater now somehow just (laughs) hanging up there there is a knitted cloak it's small that one's for that one's for Derek. Derek Derek has like has been batting at all of this yarn and pulled half of it down and we didn't even notice because it was such chaos to begin with. Exactly. And chaos is loving it. Chaos is loving our murder board. Chaos high fives the cat. Like good work, my friend. Uh, that's why Derek shows up. He's a little he's a little agent of chaos. That's it. He's not one of the uh the interdimensional uh, cats? No, yes. He lives in just but one dimension, but... It is chaotic, though. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything we missed or forgot to bring up that we would like to say now? Oh, yeah, I had one. Yeah, it's, it's minor, and, like, they sort of put a button on it in the episode, but I did also enjoy uh, Clint describing 
fits as his feelings being pretty big out there. Oh, I love that. I, yes. like, I like that as a concept of that some people's, it's not just like a heart on your sleeve situation because that's sort of different, but like yeah. just having big feelings that are kind of very public and very out in the world and that you don't have a lot right. of protection hmm. for them. I, I right. like that as a concept. And I thought that was a very insightful description of Fitzroy. Yeah, I loved it because when... Fitzroy says, you hurt my feelings. Argo's response easily could have been, and I think for many people would have been, yeah, well, you're too sensitive or something along those lines. But instead it was, well, your feelings are very big, which Mm -hmm. is not framing it in any sort of negative light. Right. It's just saying that they're big and they're out there and it was harder Mm -hmm. in this case for Argo to avoid hurting them. (laughs) Yeah. Say, I like that too. That was a quote I wrote down, but I didn't write anything down around it. Ah. So I so you're like, <laughs> I couldn't think of like how to bring it up. I was like, hmm, well. But it's a good one. Yeah. It really is. Um, I think the only thing I have that was very minor, but I just thought was cute, was when they were talking about the whole spray as a term mm-hmm. situation and Fitzroy started to guess or Griffin started to guess and Justin just whispering, ask him about it. <laughs> <laughs> like you could just ask him, like talk to him. That was cute. I like to imagine it's the fear blog. Like that was somehow in game him being like, just talk to him about it. What? Right. Just, kinda <laughs> just, like, ask him. just ask him. Don't, don't make assumptions. You can just talk to this person. Mm-hmm. We're all dear friends. We all trust each other. No, that mm-hmm. was very cute. Open up the conversation and listen. But also keep some cards close to your chest. Oh, please. Just kidding. <laughs> but yes, listening, absolutely. That's the key there. And that brings me into my one more thing I wanted to bring up. We did just say that the Commodore was the only one with theme music here. But I also really liked the music when he was talking to Jackal. And maybe we've heard it before. But when Jackal was kind of laying it on the line, like, oh, this yeah, is yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. The music there mm-hmm. was really good. It was very moody. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Right. It's all been it's all been great. The music, absolutely, mm-hmm. it really it's, has. it is very mood conveying. Mm-hmm. Yes, Helps us get get into that good mind space for it. Mm-hmm. Good work. I assume Griffin. Yeah, I think Griffin for the music, and then Travis for the editing. Because getting mm-hmm. you know using the music effectively is definitely down to editing as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful teamwork we have going here. And again, laughs all around. Ooh, mysteries all around boys trials all around trials all around <laughs> don't worry again i'm showing up with my little i'll have my defense attorney's badge ready to go <laughs> i'm gonna slick my hair back we're gonna get those taken care of need some fan art of the fear ball shouting objection and doing that pointing yes! thing yes! we're gonna do it all the boys hold it <laughs> take that <laughs> All right, come now with me over to the polls. We have answers to two polls this week. They were kind of starting to stack up on us, but we're all caught up. So first we asked, what detail would be most prominent in your future fantasy, sponsored by Chaos? And uh, the most votes, by a long shot for that one, went to a plush sleep number bed. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody here understands a good sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Good narrative desperately, desperately needs it. Oh, don't we all? And so the second question we had was, how are you going to dip from the shyster principal's bad school assembly? <laughs> <laughs> the responses were a bit more scattered here, but the direct approach took the win. Just leave. <laughs> Who fucking You owe cares? nothing to anybody. Exactly. Just walk away. <laughs> Thank you, of course, everybody, for playing along at home. This time, we want to know, what tune was Jackal singing out on that balcony? We'll have that pull up over on our Twitter, at RomancingZone. And we'll see you in court in two weeks. Until then, (laughs) 
<laughs> take care of yourselves, take care of each other, hold your cards a little closer to your chest, and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Mm-hmm.